Um, because what we are talking about today is um, spiritual warfare. So if you have a Bible, turn to um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We're going to start there, and, 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 I don't wanna, and I don't think I need to go back through the whole rigmarole of uh, bringing us all up to speed, where we're at with our series. I will say this, that we are bringing the feast to a close here. Remember, we, we were, we've been looking at this, the, the, this series, this, this, this letter that Paul writes from prison to this church in Ephesus as this, uh, I used the illustration that uh, when I was a kid, with grandma's uh, big Thanksgiving feast that, w- that would be laid out and you want to eat everything, but you can't. Uh, that, that's the book of Ephesians. There's so much there you just want to gobble up, but you can't take it all in at once. Um, the feast is coming to an end today. All right. Today is the, the last day of the feast. Now, some of you are saying, well, wait a second, there's some, still some more uh, uh, you know, uh, verses there at the end. Yes, the dessert portion is coming next week when, when, when Kurt uh, brings the, the, the closing to the, the series. So this is the feast. It's coming to an end, and it's going to come to an end a big way here. But the dessert, oh, stay tuned for the dessert, the pie and the coffee. You get, oh, that sounds good, right? Some warm apple pie, nice cup of coffee. Ooh, you better bring pie next week here, Kurt. Bring it. Um, see, she wants pie too. She wants pie. So what we're going to do today is look at the model for spiritual warfare. Now, I want to right out of the gate give you um, a uh, disclosure or whatever uh, that... We are not going to, hear me out on this, we are not going to break down the armor of God today. I'm not going to break down each of the six pieces of the armor of God and, you know, explain all of that. Uh, Time will not let us do that today. Remember, big feast, we're bringing it to an end right here. What I'm going to do, and you notice that we didn't have a scripture video reading, I'm going to read the whole scripture, and then we're going to talk about it. But what we're going to do with um, the armor of God, uh, what after the first of the year, in January, we always do a prayer series. We start the year, the month of January, with a prayer focus. So our prayer series this year is going to be using the armor of God and equipping the prayer warrior. So uh, for those of you that are, are, are amped up about you know the armor of God, we're going to really look at that after the first of the year. So you can you can you can just be be preparing for that. She is ready for it. She's ready for it. I'm ready. Dan, when I text him, he's like, he gave me a big smiley face. Because I guess you were at work with a big smiley face, and then in, in parentheses he, he said, more to come. I'm like, okay. So yeah, he, he's uh, he's pumped as well. I'm I'm pumped as well. But what I wanted to do is make sure that you understood. That when we don't, you know, basically when we don't dissect uh, ver- the, the, the armor there, that you don't get all jacked up and, well, he doesn't really believe it. No, I believe in it. I love it. So, anywho, let's go. We got a lot to do and 30 minutes to do it. Oh, actually, I got about 35. There we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. I'm just going to read through it, then we're going to go back. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and, supplica sorry, and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Now, when we read through that text there, there is a clear shift in what Paul is, has been talking about to what he is talking about here. Uh, Paul uh, has already established uh, previously these necessities for the Christian and the necessities for the unification, the unifying of the, the body of Christ. And then the unifying of the body of Christ, how we're to love one another, and how these, uh, it, we, we look at how all of these instructions, remember we started with the, the church and how the church is to operate, and then we went into uh, the model for the, the household and how the household is supposed to operate. Now he's going, coming in to uh, look at not only internal behaviors, but external behaviors. In, in this section here, he shifts, and in, in, you can see that when he has that, that word finally in there. So it's, he's given all this instruction, and then he says finally. And, and the word in the Greek means to the, to the end or to this end. So finally what he's coming to is he's shifting uh, uh, to ensure these Ephes the Ephesians here, the church, that they are properly prepared for what they may encounter outside the church. So we talked a lot about it inside of the church, and I think that that's what Paul has done here, as he's talked a lot about the inside. Now he wants to go outside, and he uses, and, and I love this, the, the fact that when, he's look, when we're looking at the, the armor uh, uh, and, and everything, that he's using strong military language. Remember, Paul is in prison, and it's not a, a prison like you would think, uh, like today, where they just lock somebody up, and they just kind of go about their business. He would have been encountering um, the, the, these Roman guards uh, uh, quite frequently. So it is thought, and you know what, this is it's speculation, but I think it's a good conjecture here, uh, that um, as he's writing about these different uh, pieces of the armor of, of God, that he's, he, he's visualizing this Roman, uh, th this Roman soldier. If you go in my office, I have a, a, a little um, statue of the, the armor of God, um, and, and it looks like, uh, like a, Roman, a Roman soldier. So when he's talking about uh, this, this, or he's painting this picture, he's using this military language to help uh, see that there is a necessary preparation that is to take place. 
And this necessary preparation uh, that is to take place, he's calling them, in this strong language here, uh, uh, this military language, he's calling them to put on the armor of God. And then he digs into various elements. And I've already said, we're not going to go into each, uh, um, uh, each of the elements. But these verses make it clear that the engagement for which we are preparing for, or that they are preparing for, and essentially that we are, is not a physical one. Now, when I, when I say that, that doesn't mean that, that, that the things that are physical have no spiritual nature to them. But what, what, it, what Paul is saying here is he's getting to the root of it. And, 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 and I know that, 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 that some will push back, and, and that's fine. But if we got to the root of all the, the, the physical things or the most of the physical things, or I would even say the majority of the physical things that take place, there is a spiritual element, a spiritual um, influence, uh, or even a spiritual cause to that physical. Now, when Paul is saying this here, what, what he is, is stressing is that the preparation is not a physical one. He's getting deeper, and, it's a, and he's getting into the spiritual nature. So it is, it's the spiritual nature that, with the opposing commander being Satan himself. He's talking about the, the, this engagement that, that, he, uh, uh, that we are going to face, or they are going to face, and essentially we are going to face. We call this spiritual warfare. Now, I was just talking to the elders uh, this morning that if you look in this text, it doesn't really talk about the, the word warfare. We get that warfare language from the, the armament itself because it, it, it's, it's dressing for battle. But then what we do is we get um, the, 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 this understanding from other passages that we'll, we'll look at here in a second um, where it talks about the, the, the warfare and the weapons in which we have for this, this warfare. So don't, don't look at this and say, well, you know, I know they say spiritual warfare, but there's really nothing, you know, warfare going on. There is an engagement that is taking place on the spiritual level that affects the church here in Ephesus, that will affect the church here in Ephesus, but will affect the church here in Atwater, the individuals here. So when, when he, we're looking at this, we need to keep that in mind. This is a spiritual in nature. Let's look at, at verses. We're going to look at just 10, 11, 12, and 13. Four verses that we're going to look at today. Uh, remember, prayer series, equipping the prayer, you know, the prayer warrior. Um, and, and for those of you that, that, that like to think ahead, verse 18 of, uh, of uh, chapter 6 here is going to be like the, 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 the main focus of that series coming up after the first of the year. That's going to be the main focus, and then we're going to break, break off and look at the, the different um, um, pieces of the armament or the armor of God. All right, here, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. When it says, finally, I already said it, to this end, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. What I want us to, to understand is the big idea in which I want to get across today. And these four verses, and this strongness has, to, has, has a lot to do with it here. Our big idea is standing strong in the face of adversity. Standing strong in the face of adversity. Because that's what Paul is saying here. He starts out this section with that language of finally be strong 
Now, when, when it says be strong here in the Lord, I, I love the fact that, that um, this, this envelops this, uh, this idea, this concept, this truth uh, of being, being capable or able for a task. So when Paul is saying this, he's saying be strong in the Lord. That doesn't mean that you just... Because, you know, I was there at one time where you just go to the gym and you just pump iron and you get big and strong so you can walk around and, oh, I'm strong. No, it's really the opposite of that. It's the guy that goes to the gym that, you know, lifts a little bit of weights and he does a little bit of aerobic exercise or whatever so that then when he goes from there, he engages in activity. He just doesn't stand in the mirror and go Look at me, right? No, he's engaging. He's using that, that strength in which he has to engage in what it is that he has to do. So this be strong in the Lord is not just a, I'm going to build a brick house here, and oh, it's strong, it can withstand everything. No, this is a strong, this is the, 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 the capability to, to uh, or in the ability, I should say, to perform a task. Notice it says, be strong, where? In the Lord. And I love this fact because it says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. When I think about being strong in the Lord and being able to do what it is that God has set out for us to do. Because whether there's a pandemic or not, and there is, I, 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 there's a real virus, but whether it's there or not, God still has a purpose for our life. He still has a plan for us to execute. And we still have the strength of the Lord to do this. I, and, and when we get, you know, bogged down with, with a lot of stuff, and like, I just don't know what to do. I just can't go on. What we're doing is, and I use the word, we're psyching ourselves out, right? We have this negative self-talk, and I just can't do it. You know, I just ain't got the strength to do it. Well, there's a lot of things we ain't got the strength to do, but there's a reason that it isn't to be our strength to do it. There's a, a reason that it says that in the strength of His might, I think about what Zechariah 4 says when, when talking to Zerubbabel, uh, the Lord says that not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's understanding the Spirit of God that lives inside of us, like, like Kurt was saying in the call to worship here. It's understanding the power of the Spirit of God who lives inside of us. This is the, the strength and the might in which we have. Jesus talks in, in Mark 10 about how things, when the, 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 uh, the, his disciples come to him and say, you know, how, how can somebody get to heaven? It's like impossible. Jesus says, well, what is uh, uh, with man, it is impossible, but with God, Often they're not with God, for all things are possible with God. Why are all things possible with God? Here's a cool word for you, or a cool name, El Shaddai, you know? Some of you are like, okay, what's that mean? Almighty. That's, that God is almighty. So how, how, are things all, how are things possible with God? How, how is it that I can face my in-laws? How is it that I can face my boss? How is it that I can face my spouse? It's through the power of God, the strength in God, of God that's in you that you can do that. Now, I'm not saying that you're whoever I just said there is 
demonic or on the it, it, some of that's that's for you to figure out not me but what we have to understand is being able to face that we can face that because that's an adversity that that, that presents itself to us i think i've told you guys before that um saturdays for me really stink and, and, and the fact is on saturday and more than so, so it's just it's just like on Saturdays most of the time, my wife and I are we when we fight or argue it's on a Saturday, um, and, and we have found through twenty years now actually well ten years of being here but over the years we have found that, that, that there's a reason for that argument that engagement that fighting that goes on that struggle that takes place, and, and that struggle that takes place we are convinced that is an attack. From the enemy. My wife is not possessed by the devil. I'm not saying that at all. Sometimes I think so. I know she thinks that about me sometimes, but, but no, the enemy knows how to push her buttons so that she pushes mine and then he chatters in my ear and then we're, we're, there's a struggle going on. Why is all the struggle going on? Because he's trying to distract me from today. And we found out that, we figured that out. So what we do is, on Saturdays, we don't talk to each other. No, I'm just playing. No, no, we, we, we understand that we, we identify, hey, this is starting to happen. Whoa, this is of the enemy. We don't have to do this. We don't need to go down the, 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 this road because the, the, the strength and, and the might in which we have to overcome this, this struggle, this engagement, is through God. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, right? So it's understanding that these adversities in which we face, these, the spiritual nature of those things in which we face, we do not face them under our own strength. Now, how can we really um, amp that up? The, the understanding that it isn't our own strength? I, I like to think about uh, um, Ab Abraham. It was Abram at the time, but Abraham. Um, it, when, when talked, and you don't have to turn it, it'll pop up here. In Romans chapter 4, uh, talking about how even though he was old and crusty in his age, that he would be still, and didn't have any kids, that he would still be the father of many nations. It says, and he, he, he there was, a, you know, a Sarah, she kind of chuckled, right? And then she said, well, I didn't laugh. No, she did. But uh, there was this, this, this time that God promised to do something, and God said, okay, you're going to be the father of many nations, but it hadn't happened yet. And, then, and it refers to that in, in Romans chapter 4 where it says this. And, and I think that this helps us, helps us to develop a better understanding of the, 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 the strength and the might of the Lord that we have in our possession. Because it says this, no unbelief made him waver. Talking about Abraham here. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. So understand this. If God promises us something, he will come through. Period. And that's what Abraham here, it says that no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That's, I think the NIV says fully persuaded or something like that. But understand 
That there, the, the reason that we can stand strong in the face of adversity, and we haven't even talked about the armament here, standing strong in the face of adversity is because the strength in which we have comes from God, and what we understand because of what He says is the promises of God will come true, will come to fruition, and that we can be fully convinced. Everybody's sitting down right now, right? Why are you sitting down? <laughs> because I told you to. <laughs> no, you are sitting there because you're fully convinced that that chair is going to hold your weight, right? Some of you are like, well, yeah, this, the turkey day is coming up. Thanks, no, no, but that is, you're, you're full. You sat down. I didn't see anybody go, whoa, no. You sat down because you are fully convinced in the support of that chair. Now, I know that that's a bad illustration or a bad analogy, but that is, is what we should have with the promises of God. We should be fully convinced that we're going to not just sit on the promises, stand on the promises of God. Love that old hymn, that old hymn. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, yeah. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Hey, Jason, I didn't hear you. will be in the next service. We need to sing that one. So standing on the promises of God, that's the, the, the strength and the might in which we possess because of the promise that God has given us. Now, when Paul is saying this here, he says, finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. A couple of things that I want to, to look at here. With the whole understanding, we're going to talk about the armament in the, in the weeks to come. Because January is not too far away. We'll, no, not sh- we'll be out of 2020. <laughs> yes! Right? We'll get out of this stuff. No, but we're, we're praying for Jesus to come back. Then we'll really be cheering. Um, but uh, we will get to the whole armor of God. But it says here, put on the whole armor of God. It's important that you just don't put on a piece of the armor of God. Too many times what happens is there are a lot of Christians that are running naked on the battlefield with a helmet on. What do I mean? The helmet of salvation? Yes, they're going to, 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 to heaven, but the rest of them, they're, they're, they're naked as a jaybird. I just, it's just good with me and Jesus, right? I got my helmet on, I'm just going. Well, if they get, when they get shot or stabbed or whatever, yeah, they will go with Jesus, but they don't have the proper equipment. Here Paul is saying put on the whole armor of God. He said that this idea of putting on is what everyone in here did this morning. Thank you. You clothed yourselves. To put on means to clothe, is to provide this this clothing uh, or or put clothes on ourselves. When we woke up, some of you took longer than others. That's fine. We're not judging you. I was probably one of them because I didn't know which shirt to wear. And then you have to get the shirt, then you got to iron it. Who, who likes ironing? Thank you. You like ironing? Why well, iron and steam at the same time? Oh, with a steamer, yeah. I love ironing. It's something about taking something that's all wrinkled up and then making it nice. Anyways, so some of us take longer than others, right, to, to get ready. But what, what, what it, Paul is saying here is he's saying, put on, clothe yourself 
clothe yourself. There's an activity, an action in which you have to be, uh, uh, you have to participate in here. It's not as if we get saved and all of a sudden, poof, all the armor just appears on us. Paul here is very clear there is an action on the part of the believer that must be executed, put on, clothe yourself with what? The whole armor of God. It's not what, what your friends say. It's not what um, your, your parents say. or your No, it's the whole armor of God. It's all six pieces of, of, of the armor of God. So it's not just little here, little bit there. It's all of it. But when he's saying this, he's saying there's a reason that you're putting this on. Remember what our, our big idea is. Standing strong in the face of adversity. You will face adversity. And he's saying, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against. We'll talk about the standing here in, in, in a minute. <clears throat> and you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, this is where I love the old KJV. The wiles. Yeah, the wiles. I mean, that, that's something we use every day, right? No, but it, it gives us this understanding. It's it's. Schemes, yes, but there, there's a, a, the, the wiles, a method. There's a method of the evil one. There's a method that the devil had. There's schemes that the devil has. And when we look at this, we have to do uh, this um, little bit of stop and recognizing what's happening and what is being said here because this schemes, this, these wiles, this method, it's a way of doing something that's deceptive. Deception is of the devil. When you tell a little white lie that's deceiving someone, when you know someone who's done that, I know you don't do that, right? When that, that deception, that's a method, that's a scheme, that's a wiles of the devil. We should not be, as children of God, deceptive in anything in which we do. This way, these methods, these schemes of the devil, think also it's a systematic or it's a systematic way of doing something. Why do I say it's a systematic way? Because what the devil, and, it's, and you understand that the devil is, is a finite being. He can only be in one place at one time. So the devil is really not the one who is, is uh, or I should say probably not the one who is messing with you. He's probably uh, one of his, what do you say, unemployed angels. It's one of the unemployed angels. It's the, the demons that, that are messing uh, with you. But what we understand is they've been around for a long time, and they've learned human nature. So they do in systematic ways. They know how to affect the, the people. Just like that, understand the illustration I use with my wife and I. They, they, they studied us, and they know how to, to, to push what buttons. If you haven't read it, I would highly suggest an awesome work by C.S. Lewis, Screw Tape Letters. Read that book, or it's on audiobook. Some of you read that book, listen to that book, whatever, because that gives us a, a good understanding of, of um, what is taking place and the schemes that, 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 that take place, these systematic steps or patterns. Now, also, and I, I love from that book at the, at the beginning of it, um, C.S. Lewis says that there are, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase what he says, he says that there are two ways in which we can go uh, about uh, um, studying or, or, or learning about 
um, the demonic or, or, or the devil or, you know, th this supernatural realm that is evil. Uh, there's two ways in which we can go about it. One is that we can go about it. And actually, there's three ways, but there's two bad ways. The one is we can overemphasize it. And then everything we do, we walk around in, in, in fear of every little thing. Is that we overemphasize the, the evilness that's in the world. Or the, the, the adverse to that, the opposite of that, or is we underestimate it and we just act like it doesn't exist. No, the spiritual realm, and I just had this conversation with someone, I think last week, uh, when they asked me about like paranormal and ghosts and stuff like that. You know, I, and I, I said, here's the deal I believe in ghosts. Now, here, when I say that, I'm not thinking, I, I don't believe that it's Aunt Sally, her spirit, that hasn't made it to the, the afterlife or anything. No, I, I believe that the demonic can, can manifest themselves in different ways, and I believe in the supernatural realm. And I think I took the individual off guard a little bit because, what do you mean? Well, let's think about it. We believe in a supernatural God. This is all powerful all over, not only the physical, but also the spiritual realm. So you're telling me that, that I, as a, as a believer in Christ, as a pastor, cannot believe that there are demonic, there's demonic activity? That would just be foolish, thinking that there's only roses over here, but there's no manure over here, right? It's understanding that we need to have a healthy balance in, in, in this. But we have to understand that there are schemes and maybe that's a, um, a, a, a homework assignment for you all. It's just to think about what can you identify in your life as possibly a scheme of the devil? And, and you can't see your children because they're not, but they could be used. But what, what, is it, what is a pattern that you can see that, that is something that the devil ha, has his hands on? Let's go on. Verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of, the, of evil in the heavenly places. Paul, this is where it makes it very clear. This is where we get the understanding that this, this spiritual nature of things in which we encounter and which we face, that, that this spiritual nature is real. And I love the fact that he uses this, this, this term, wrestle, because in the Greek, it really has the idea of grappling. And I don't know if anybody's watched like MMA or anything like that, but grappling is that really that hands-on engagement. And that's what is being talked about here, saying we don't grapple against flesh and blood. It says here that it's against the rulers and the, against the authorities and the heavenly places, the cosmic powers, but this grappling, this wrestling, it's the act of engaging in close hand-to-hand -hand combat. So it's, it, when we say spiritual warfare, don't think of the dude in Washington pushing the button and sending missiles. That's not the type of warfare in which we're engaged in. The spiritual warfare in which we're engaged in, think about World War I and the trenches. It's that trench fighting. It's that hand-to-hand -hand combat. So, and, and I don't say that to freak us all out. No, what we need to do is we need to understand what it is that we're facing. We have to be aware of that. The, the, think of, of, of uh, this, uh, this warfare, that hand-to-hand -hand combat, but think of it as like a military campaign designed for a specific objective. There's an objective that needs to take place. What is it that needs to take place? We need to advance 
in our walk with Christ. We need to advance across enemy lines. We need to advance the gospel. That is a purpose, and that's why we are engaged in this. Why does the devil and, and, and the, the forces of evil want to engage us? Think about it. They know, they've read the end of the book. They know, what, they know that they're already defeated. So why would they want to engage us? It's to keep us from advancing the gospel, spreading it further and further. It's to keep us from spreading the good news of what Jesus has done. So, and um, that, that, that uh, the, the domain of darkness is not what has to rule, and the kingdom of light has come because the Son of God has come. That's the gospel, and, and, and the, the enemy doesn't want us to spread it. So, what's he want to do? He wants to engage us in hand to hand combat. Think about back to my illustration with my wife. If, if Shannon and I are head-to-head, butt-heads, and, and, and you know, during that, during that time, um, is anybody around us benefiting anything? Probably not. I mean, Shannon does have a potty mouth, so uh, probably they're learning some new words, but pray for her. She's not in here. She's probably watching, though. No, but, but no, people around us aren't benefiting anything. So what's happening is there's an engagement that's taking place that we're not advancing anything. If anything else, we're actually showing those around us that, you know, <laughs> maybe that gospel isn't something that is all powerful. No, we have to understand that the forces of evil want to engage us so that they can try to diminish in the eyes of those who are blind, that they, are to, they want to diminish the power of the gospel and the necessity of the gospel. What does 2 Corinthians 4, 4 say? That the God of this world is blind to the eyes of those who are perishing? Something along those lines. So that's what the enemy wants us wants to engage us here so we don't get there. So think about that when we're, we're facing anything in our life. We're facing these, 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 these um, uh, um, adversities we have to look at this on, and I'm not saying be super spiritual and every time, oh, I got a flat tire, the devil maybe you know gave me a flat tire. No, you ran over a nail. That's why you got a flat tire. Or, man, my boss is just, you know, won't won't give me a raise. Well, that's because you haven't come to work in the last week. You don't deserve it. Sometimes there are there are the are actions that, that cause you know, situations, but then there are other times that we are persecuted for the sake of the gospel. And glory be to God for that. That's what, what Peter says. If we're, if we're persecuted for the gospel, if we're persecuted for him, man, we're, they're, they're, we're banking rewards in heaven for, for that. So when I said, I think last week, the week before, when we were talking about, you know, if we get persecuted as a church, we have to understand, we have to, to, to in stride, take this as, okay, God has seen us fit to prove us worthy of his calling. It's a spiritual, uh, a spiritual battle in which we were faced. Well, that's a wrestling which will have to take place. Let me go on because we need to finish us up right here. <clears throat> therefore, verse 11, or 13, I'm sorry. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Talked about that. That's the, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes for the feet. It's the gospel, uh, the, 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 the gospel readiness, the uh, shield of faith, the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all this, to stand firm. I, I don't, 
know what Paul meant in the, the evil day? Some will say, well, that means at the end times. Or I, I, Okay, I can tell you this. It's an evil day now. We look at what's going on. It's an evil day. What we have to understand here is that the whole armor of God is, is so, that we put this on, take it up. Again, another action. You have to take it up, put it on for the reason that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And then having done all this, to stand firm. Real quick here, what, what we have to, to, to look at here is the, the, the two, these two words, withstand and stand firm. Now, I'm going to link stand firm back to uh, verse 11 where it says stand against. Same Greek word that is uh, used there. It, it means to endure. So it's to face and withstand with courage. So it's, I'm going to stand firm right here. All right? They're attacking, but I'm going to stand firm. So when it says in verse 11, stand against, to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, that which is coming at you. And then down here in, in uh, uh, verse 13, having done all to stand firm, firm foundation to endure. Think of Hebrews when it talks about Jesus and, and he, uh, for, for, for joy, he endured the cross. Same, same word. So it's the, the stand firm, the stand against us to endure. Now, when it says previously to be able to withstand in the evil day, that actually is the opposite of standing firm. In, in the Greek, it has the, 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 uh, um, the prefix anti in it, or anti, however you want to say it, anti in it. So what it means is to be against or to express opposition. So in the evil day, we are to be, we are to be in, or equipped, not so we can only, because we're, we are to stand firm on the faith in which we have. We are to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. We are to stand firm having done all this. But in the evil day, we are to withstand, we are to oppose the evil. Too often what we do is we think that, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be peaceably with everything. No, there are things that you need to go into the temple and uproot all those tables. There are things that we need to oppose. Now, there's a righteous way to do it. I'm not saying that you go into your, you know, the, 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 the political party's building and just start ripping them up. I'm not saying you go to uh, Planned Parenthood or whatever it is and burn it down. Not saying anything like it. There's a way in which we are to go and to oppose and to be able to, to withstand against the enemy in the evil day. That is part of understanding and being prepared for this. So if we are to stand firm in the face of adversity, understanding that this adversity is real, the spiritual warfare is real, it's something that we need to be engaged in. Know that, and this, this will be the last one, last thing. Know that as we are engaging, as we are standing firm, as we are going against and opposing the evil, that it's not under our own might. It's in the strength and the might of the Lord. If you didn't hear anything else I said today, just remember that, 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 that one name of God, El Shaddai. Because He is the Almighty. 
He is the one that goes before us into battle. He is the one who has already defeated Satan, sin, and death. He's already defeated the enemy. So when the enemy comes at us, they're, they're coming at us as a beaten foe. All they're trying to do is distract us. To distract us from going and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the day. We thank you for this opportunity. God, I thank you for this, this facility that, that the church can gather in. God, I thank you for these people who make up your body. God, as we look at your word and as we just pull some things um, out of this, God, I, I praise you for who you are. We come together collectively and we praise you for who you are, Lord. God, knowing that we are going to face adversity, my prayers for us that we understand that the adversity in which we are going to face, we don't face it alone. And that, God, you are there. And it's under your strength, your might, that we can oppose the evil. And maybe it's that we need to stand firm in what it is that we believe in a situation. God, whatever it is, you give us the strength, the might, the ability, the capability to do that. So God, we thank you for who you are, what you're doing, what you're going to do. And God, I pray that you just stir up inside of us that, that we want to um, uh, uh, attack the, the, this, the, these lines in which the enemy are trying to draw and that we can attack this with the, the, the intensity and the purpose of spreading your good news, spreading your gospel. So God, we love you. We thank you. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. And God's people said, amen. amen. Have a great, great week.